to the new game Bullshit. My name is Jeffrey Wittenhagen, and I'm a published author-slash-writer. Video games, both old and new, are my passion. I recently had a successful Kickstarter for my NES collector's book called The Complete NES, and I'm currently doing a massive overhaul of my original book called Hidden Gaming Gems, uh, creating a new NES game to go with it. I also have tons of projects in the works. My blog is at hagensalley.wordpress.com, and I'm on a lot of forums as a Subcon 3. And we've got Kyle. Hey, hey. I'm big into uh, no death runs, high score runs, uh, collector of all things vintage and retro. Uh, pretty much anything video game related. Also collect figures, vinyl, VHS, tap handles, old beer signs, and old beer steins. And we've got Kevin. Greetings, gamers. Kevin Kill here. I am the creator of KVK Box. You can visit at kvkbox.com. It is a YouTube channel that does Let's Plays, Long Plays, Disc Golf, and a lot of different analysis on video games. Please call our number, leave a voicemail or a text message at 262-264-VGBS. So season two begins. It's time. <laughs> it's definitely time. And it begins with a blockbuster game. The only way to start it. <laughs> <laughs> the only way to start it is spiritually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So yeah, we decided to uh, start off season two with the shitstorm that is Wisdom Tree. And they're... The best game that they've done, which is Spiritual Warfare, definitely a um a decent game, but um I would say there's a lot of flaws. What do you, what do you guys think from an initial reaction standpoint on the spiritual before I paint the picture? Well, damn. Uh, as far as an unlicensed game goes, I, I gotta give it some credit because there's a lot of trash. <laughs> Understatement. In the unlicensed category, as far as the NES goes, and. Uh, this one is on the top of that heap. Top of the shit heap, huh? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you can actually like play it through in a way that you don't have to break the game to get through the levels. It actually like the controls work. Yeah. And well, and you know you you do what you're supposed to do instead mm-hmm. of you know weird programming. So as far as the programming goes, 
which I'll go more into later. It was really well done. Yeah. Um, what about you, Kevin? What about your initial reaction? My initial reaction is if, you know, back in the day you wanted to, like, play hooky or act like you're too sick to go to church, if somebody would have said, well, if you're not going to go to church and you want to stay home, you have to play this game, I would have made sure I'm going to church, and if, even if I had the flu. <laughs> so... <laughs> So, so you're saying there's a chance, Captain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I will have to say you might learn more in this game than one mass because, boy, do they give you a lot of information while you're trying to play. <laughs> yeah. Believe it or not, there's 250 questions in this game. <laughs> oh, wow. I think I saw at least 200 of them. <laughs> oh, geez. I, I ironically um didn't see that many because... When I put in my password for like the second time or whatever, it yeah. reset the questions on me. Really? So I had to redo like the beginning questions, even though I was halfway through the game. Well, at least you knew the answers. <laughs> yeah. Or did I? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's read this uh, terribleness of a backstory. Um, Kyle mentioned uh, we did say in episode 25 we already read the back of the box. So what I'll do is I'll read from the manual this time. So, experience spiritual warfare as you discover firsthand the whole armor of God in preparation to meet the enemies of the Lord. You will also see just how the fruit of the Spirit can impact the lives of others and ultimately win an entire city to God. The shield of faith will be your most important weapon in helping you remain steadfast. But remember that the battle is not yours alone. It is the Lord's. <laughs> God. Fuck yeah. Then there's a giant quote from the Bible in there <laughs> that actually goes through the entire game pretty much. That's pretty funny. I think we found Jeff's new calling to be a narrator for books. <laughs> uh, I've done voiceovers, you know, no, no big deal. The <laughs> radio time. So the object of the game basically is you need to collect the six pieces of the armor of God Defeat the ultimate source of evil, which remains nameless. Mm-hmm. Wonder who that might be. But, as you will see at the end, is none other than the devil. Uh, six pieces of the armor of God, which you earn after defeating the bosses, are as follows. And just so everybody knows, this is a Zelda-style top-down game that flicks the screen. It's a flick-screen top-down game. And the irony is, is that you have... A bunch of different weapons, and there you have a pear, a pomegranate, an apple, grapes, and a banana. And basically, they all are like distance weapons, which is interesting. Some penetrate walls, some don't, some scatter all around. It's definitely, definitely interesting. The six items that you get, they all have like Zelda style effects. The belt of truth, you basically can move blocks around. The breastplate of righteousness will cut your damage in half. The boots of the gospel allow you to walk across the burning rubble and wet cement. <laughs> the helmet of salvation protects you from explosions. The sword of the spirit, your sword will shoot at enemies and retrieve items like Samson's jawbone. Uh, there is Samson's jawbone, which isn't one of the six items. That is a creepy-looking human jaw that you throw like a boomerang. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently the sword is the best weapon in the game, by the way, is what it says here. Because I have to read it out of game FAQ, since there is no Wikipedia article on the game. Um, and then you have the Shield of Faith, which cuts damage taken by an additional half. 
and makes you immune to some demon's flames, which the entire final dungeon, there's demon flames all over the place and basically destroys you if you don't have the shield of faith. Uh, pretty interesting. You have your, your typical heart containers, but they're not like quarter pieces. They're full heart containers when you find them, usually hidden pretty well. Uh, there's vials, which are basically your bombs, and you can lay those around. They're, they're pretty um, frequent on the, the map. The Samson's jawbone's fucking creepy. I, I can't even like it's it's bad. The anointing oil is like your um your health potions, and then you have keys. One thing I didn't realize is that keys reappear if you return to the rooms. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, kind of, they do. Yeah. Kind of, and kind they're of huge. Glitch. <laughs> they're like <laughs> a they, giant one. Yeah. There's a torch that allows you to see special blocks in puzzle rooms, and it just helps out things. And then there's the raft, which you can cross areas. And the most important, railroad ticket, so you can cut the map in half by using the railway. Uh, something I never found. <laughs> so, yeah. I never found like, half this stuff. So uh, basically, that was painting the picture. We're going to let Kyle lead off, as always. But um, just so I get that off my chest, is I definitely did not beat this game. I got to um, about the third or the fourth boss, and I kind of got lost because this map is like four times bigger than I expected. So, yeah, I kind of got lost and um, didn't refuse to use the uh, FAQ. <laughs> All right, go ahead, Kyle. It is a pretty massive game, but it, it's fairly well done. And as far as the, the programming goes, I did want to go into a few things. So it's set in present day, and uh, that's one thing I didn't expect. I thought with, from the from the cover art it was going to be like a Zelda. Yeah, because yeah, on the cover art it shows like some freaking guy in a big like silver armor. And a bunch of like demons floating around. That's it. Yeah, the armor onesie. <laughs> yeah, the armor onesie with a <laughs> big old cod piece. <laughs> I, I, I'm with you though. I really like the setting. I mean, I like that there's like a woods, there's docks, there's airport, you know, there's slums. Yeah, the slums are hilarious. And the, slums my hangout. <laughs> and uh, the, the whole thing about there's like a warehouse district. And what's great about the, the warehouse district is. Um, as far as programming goes, there's like forklifts. There's one yes. screen. There's like these forklifts, but they they pick up boxes on the screen and like put them in other places on the screen. But that's like not easy to do as far as programming goes. That's that's not that's way beyond like the normal color dreams wisdom tree like type thing. Yeah. Um, I was no, so now let me ask you one thing about the city, Kyle. Did you go into the bar? Oh yes. Uh, when you go into the bar. They um they take your belt of truth because you're a naughty boy, like the angels or God or whoever. They take your items from you, <laughs> and you have to go retrieve them somewhere else. Because it says like there's like a little girl outside of it. It's like a little cheerleader looking girl. She's like, "Don't go in there." And, then, and I, I immediately I went in there and they took away my belt of truth. And I was like, "God damn it!" Because you can't get out of there either. I, I don't know where the, it was hidden, so I just reset the game, put in my password again. <laughs> No, that's hilarious though, because it's like drinking is bad. Oh yeah, like yeah. It, was, it was like really funny, and a bunch of drunks come out of the freaking bar. That's the best part. <laughs> yeah, like what I thought was was hilarious was like um, first like the the Hare Krishna is like in the airport. Yeah, like, how they throw that in there, and um, there's there's a part in the slums, like the ghetto area. Um, there's there's like a bum in a random corner. Um, there's, there was like two guys like hiding behind, um, like big cans and they're like shooting at each other. 
Did you guys see that part? Yeah, I saw it's like uh, there's a car there, and it seemed like there's a big shootout, and you're just walking around. It's pretty uh, pretty graphic for a church going game. You see shootouts in the slums. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure if you saw that part, Jeff. But yeah, there's like two guys. It's like gang warfare. It looked like elevator action, actually. That's why it made me think of elevator action when I saw it. The way the guys were standing up and shooting. Yeah, they're hiding. They're like hiding behind the oil barrels, but they're shooting at each other. I was like, "That's all messed up." <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. So this game's got like gang violence in it. It's oh. got like bars, the Hare Krishna uh, deal. Hardest part are those dogs. <laughs> the thing that's crazy is I reached out in the community to see if we could get like one of the programmers to come on the episode, and upon researching, uh, the guys who created this game created it during the Color Dreams era, so. The interesting part is, is that like, if it wasn't originally a Bible Thumper game, then what were the two hundred and fifty questions for? And what were like, there's certain stuff that like is definitely religious style. Like, what were what would those have been if it wasn't a religious game? You know what I mean? Like Menace Beach. It's like they was going to have like some gang war game, and they made it a Bible game instead. Well, yeah, they did that one, and that one's two separate games, but this one was never released as a non-Wisdom Tree. It was never released as a Color Dreams, and the oh. programmer was Color Dreams, and he developed it during Color Dreams time. I don't know. Um, maybe they just threw the questions in afterward or something. I mean, that could be. Um, I was looking into like the hacking of the game and things, and like the actual text of the questions is stored differently than the regular text in the game, so it could have been like a little add-on. I don't know, but definitely interesting to think about those, like what this game could have been if Color Dreams stayed Color Dreams. This could have been the one that digged them out of the hole. Because isn't that what um, Bible Buffet has, like all those quiz questions, right? Yeah, and I mean, Bible Buffet is essentially, you know, just a a normal board game just with Jesus thrown on the top. Candyland. Yeah, Candyland. (laughs) Basically, yeah. I, I mean, it is, and it's... Like there's no there's no Bible references except for in the questions, but yeah. Um. So there's also these jackhammer guys that are cool because when they're mm-hmm. they uh when they jackhammer the ground, it actually cracks beneath them. So that's a cool programming thing. I mean, it's just an extra detail. It's like an extra nuance. It's like wow, because you had three in that area: the jackhammer guys, you had the guys that like are building little things and they block your way and you can't go through. <laughs> yeah, and, and then you have the dynamite guys that light dynamite everywhere, and then when you hit it, they all chain react in an explosion, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Right, and uh, the church, though. I definitely went to the church. <laughs> That's like the biggest thing in the whole game. Like It's the biggest like building. Hell yeah, it is. But, uh, and you can you can like restore yourself there, but it's, it's like out of the way. The, the other thing that I kind of liked is as you get later in the game... Uh, some of the enemies, they take different techniques to take them out. So it's not just so much that you're hitting them with your weapon, but some of them you might have to actually take the vial of God's wrath, the little vials, and blow them up in order to damage them, and or use Samson's jawbone to hit them. Or There was different ways to hit, kill certain enemies, and I thought that was another cool programming aspect, actually. Yeah, because they, they made it just a little more nuanced than normal. Yeah. Now, as far as the Zelda references, we have keys and bombs. And raft. And the raft. And also just the way the screens, like when you go up and down, you know, like the... The the flick screen, yep. It's called the flick because the screen just flicks across when you... The way that they draw the the new screen. 
The other ones are you have the sword and the shield. I mean, those are both straight out of Zelda. And on the cover. Oh, yeah. The hearts? Yes, the hearts. The first screen, when you get the fruit of the spirit, that's like the first screen in Zelda. Yeah, pretty much. You go up and get the the first weapon. Now, the thing is, the fruit of the spirit reminded me of the fireball from Mario. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally, right? And uh, do you guys catch those those bullet bills? Yeah. They're, they're like they're like red and small. They're like smaller, but they're like totally bullet bill looking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, but when I think the bullet bills, I think of the one boss fight and... The boss fights were definitely interesting in the game. Um, I only got to like three or four, but like, I mean, your first one, it looked like there was like, it was like a Goomba popping out of a, a shoe, <laughs> but it was like, I think it was somebody in a robe popping their head out of a robe or something, but that one was interesting. The second one, you had like a guy sprinting all around and the blocks were reappearing in different spots, So you, and you had to bomb him. That one was d- different. And then the the next one, you had a guy at the top, like kaboom, dropping those little bullet bills that you were talking about. Yeah. And you had to lead them into blocks to build a path to get to the top. <laughs> and then like the fourth one, there was a guy throwing bombs across the um, screen at you, and you had to use the jawbone to hit the bomb back at him. Yeah, I didn't get that far. <laughs> yeah, me neither on that. <laughs> that was the farthest that I that was the farthest that I got, and then I got lost after that. Um, apparently I had to, from that point, all I knew is that I had to get, cause the, um, the bomb boss was in the woods. There's like some crazy Jason guys in there too. It's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like I had to go somewhere in the beaches or the docks or something. Cause I had to go use the, the Samson's jawbone to get the raft, which I, I couldn't figure out how to get back to where the raft was. I was like lost. Because there's like a little maze. You have to go through a few mazes to get to that area that I was at, and I couldn't get back. Uh, but, but once I got the raft, I was would able to. I was would have been able to get to the fifth like boss. So, and knowing that the keys respond, I could have gotten like ten keys. <laughs> well, the, it's funny what Kevin said at the beginning. Like, I wish I would have had this, so I didn't have to go to church when I was a kid. <laughs> exactly. Me too, man. Me too. I'd have been like, okay, I'll, I'll play a Zelda clone. That would have been amazing. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm That's your Sunday exactly. school, just your digital Sunday school. That's like the greatest. I, why didn't I think of that? Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. That should, that's brilliant. Sunday fun day all day. Because <laughs> I used to know a dude whose mom, when he, when he was younger, would let him just listen to the radio. So then... She would just leave and then just turn off the radio. (laughs) (laughs) Or they put the mass station on TV and then you watch like a homily. Yeah, they're just like, yeah, I'm just going to watch this. And the moment they walk out the door, you're like, and let's put on a movie. Kyle would be playing uh, Spiritual Warfare as soon as they leave. Zelda! (laughs) (laughs) I'd drive him nuts. He'd actually have to beat it. And then he'd end up like learning more from the game and then start quoting things that he learned from the game at his parents and impressing them. That's hilarious. Actually, it was it was pretty creepy how much I remembered from going to church back in the day from the beginning questions of this game. Like most of them were were like Sunday school questions. Yeah, yeah I mean you you can tell what the answer is going to be for the most part, like what's supposed to be. I would love to see like on video a kid playing it who's never been to church and see if they knew the answers. <laughs> but they I bet they don't. <laughs> And that's that. That'd be the crazy thing, <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, the game was definitely uh, programmed really well. I can look past the the references to all the Bible shit. Um, the second time I played it, I turned off the music. 
Yeah. Uh, That's yeah. another thing. Let's, let's stop there. So, the thing with the music and the thing that makes Zelda so great is it, there's music's designated for certain things. So, there's the Labyrinth music, there's the Overworld music, you know. Mm-hmm. Later on, of course, Ganon's, you know, the ninth level, Ganon's dungeon music. But the whole thing is, you need that designation because... This has that detached feel that Jeff mentioned this, that Strider has when how Strider is different in that it doesn't like play a sound or you know reward you kind of like he said Mega Man does um, when you beat a Mega Man boss you know it's there's a big explosion and it's like okay we beat it where Strider's kind of like okay I think we beat it oh okay <laughs> we did <laughs> yeah like you th- like it would trigger like a door opening but there'd be no sound effects to let you know. Like yeah, that would that would have been perfect if there was a sound effect and there was a music change when you're in a dungeon. Yeah, because every level feels like you're the it's the same level. Uh huh. So it just feels like one. That was my problem. It felt like one big level. Yeah. The whole game felt like like one big labyrinth. It wasn't like Zelda where it's like okay now you go to level one and now we're in this labyrinth. If they would have changed the music, you could be like, you could feel that, like, okay, now we're supposed to be somewhere else. Yeah. But the fact that it was just detached in a way, that was a big, like, detractor for me. And as much as they program this in all the different areas and they name the areas, like, they could have easily changed the music per area. And that would have been even, that would have been a step above Zelda, the original yeah. Zelda. Yeah, because at, at least you would have known, like, okay, now this is supposed to be, like, stage one, or... See, like, when you, even when you go into, the, like, Zelda, it says, like, level one. Yes. Like, you know, like, what's going on, and because of that, it makes it, like, a ten times better. Now, when you fight the bosses in this game, it does tell you which boss you're fighting. It says boss one, boss two, boss three. Yeah, but what's cool about Zelda, you go in level eight, and you're like, oh... Jumped ahead of yourself. Yeah, because cause you, you saw that tree in Zelda, mm-hmm. that bush, uh, I think they're, they're actually trees, I think. But yeah, so you burn that, and uh, it's kind of obvious. So that was one of the first things I found as a kid. Now, the thing is, in level 8 in Zelda, you keep going to the left, and you can actually get that magic book. It's pretty easy to get, actually. Um, so I, I actually did that when I was a kid, but... It's kind of the whole thing where, like, okay, this is level 8. This is really far. I found something that's, like, way advanced for me. This is really cool. Like, it just opens up these doors in your mind, and that's kind of the, the genius of Zelda. Like, you, you burn a bush, and you're like, wow, so that means any bush can have a possibility. Oh, my God, so you can spend a whole day just burning bushes mm-hmm. trying to find the secrets. And, it's oh, man, it's just how Zelda was done so right and how the programming of this game the base programming of it, it could be done right. You know, it's it's has all the tools. It's weird. It's like they programmed it really well, and then they, like, decided, all right, let's skimp on the music. Like, they had, like, it was like maybe this game was programmed during the transition from Color Dreams to Wisdom Tree. They were programming it. They did all that awesome stuff while it was still Color Dreams. Then when it switched to Wisdom Tree, they're like, all right, throw some Bible music on it and shit it out. You know what I mean? That's what yeah. it seems like because they could have easily tied music to levels and you know put a couple shorter tracks on it or something and it would have been amazing and they just like cheaped out on that portion and i mean i know that there's uh hidden areas because as i said i was looking in the actual um raw code (laughs) and 
there's definitely some hidden areas where it actually shows the programmers and stuff like that. So there's probably everything's bombable, and you probably I know you can push blocks and things. So there's got to be some secrets hidden in the game. But the thing is, I don't want to sit around with the freaking Bible music and then every once in a while hitting a damn angel and having to answer Bible questions and like a few of those aspects were kind of a turn off to me. Yeah, because so an angel comes down after you. I think it's after you kill so many people, it just drops down. Um, I'm not really sure like what triggers it or whatever. I think it was like a random thing. It's weird. Every once in a while, this little angel will come down, yeah, to the top of the screen, and then like you touch it and it like talks to you or whatever. Yeah, I ask you a bunch of bunch of questions, and if you get you get like five dollars, which are angel like hope points or whatever the hell they call them. And you get five of those per question. If you get the first four right, the fifth one gets you more of those, plus it refills two hearts. Now, I don't know if you guys, when you guys were playing, but did you notice that for me, the heart drops were a lot, were really few and far between? Yeah, the health was not very abundant in there. I was actually struggling in parts of the game. Mm -hmm. Just as much as I struggled with the fact that I'm throwing fruit to defeat enemies. (laughs) Yeah, it's... (laughs) They're fireballs. Just imagine they're Mario. No, it's fireballs. fruit of the spirit. <laughs> it was a you were throwing a pear, Kyle. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was interesting, and like the uh, it, I don't know if you guys got the grapes, but the grapes were were kind of annoying because they when you throw them they go out in three different ways, and they're, it's random. It like it does it like one two three one two three, so it, it shoots different ways each time. And it's it's super annoying when you throw the grapes, but you have to use them to to fight certain enemies. I did watch the end of the game because I, I wanted to see Lucifer, you know. Um, and what's cool about the last level? There's like slime that looks pretty nice, um, flying devils, and there's invisible demons, and you can like see their footprints. Mm-hmm. Thought that was really cool. It's just good programming again. I, I think that's the um the spots that that hurt you if you don't have the um the shield. Okay. I think so. I I mean I didn't get that far, so I don't know a hundred percent. But the thing was is that Satan himself looks awesome in the game, like programmed really well. Like, yeah. And I don't know if you watched it, Kevin, but like when he shoots, like there it's like bullet hell. Oh yeah. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Like you basically had to memorize the the pattern. Yeah, it's it's cool too. Like. You can move ob- objects, you know, like the oil drums. So you can move that stuff, and it kind of creates puzzles, you know, like Zelda. It's a little different, but in a way, similar. The one interesting thing, now that you mentioned that you watched the videos, I also watched the video so I could see, like, the end portion. Uh-huh. And the uh, the tool-assisted run, they definitely didn't get all six all six pieces of armor when they, when they did the tool-assisted one. They only got, like, four of them, I think. Okay. And then they went straight to the end. Like, I don't know if there's like a glitch somewhere that they utilized because they kept resetting and things like that. Um, every time they reset, it seemed like it gave them all their health back. So that was interesting. And I think it reset the key room too. Yeah. Well. Yeah. See that that was that's the whole thing. There's like a key glitch. Yeah. And I mean, there's there's a few different glitches that I think they utilized. Um, I didn't go through trying to do any glitches or anything like that, but. Is this was one of those that uh, we definitely could have made this like a one week game because like after I played it like twice I was like all right I'm done with this oh yeah <laughs> like there's there's no way what I think is cool about it is this how Zelda is so much more engaging so mm-hmm. that's that's where the whole psychology comes in like why I'm 
I'm thinking it's uh, got to be, at least for me, it's got to be music because, uh, like when yep. we were doing like Atari Jaguar Doom, I love Doom, but I was like turned off because that doesn't have any music. And then I think back on uh, when I play games and stuff, if the music was bad, even if the game was, say, at least average, if not better, I just never ended up playing it that long. But go figure, if the music was like catchy, like say Fester's Quest has got good music and catchy, but the game kind of sucks, I sat yeah. there and played that game all day because I could hum the tune while I'm going. So it's kind of funny how uh, crucial good music is in a game, for me at least. Right, like I was saying in that, I don't know, one of the past episodes when that college course I took where the, you showed the movie and turned the, like, the music down and it was like nothing. Not the same. Yep. Yeah, it's, it was nothing. Like so, so I would say it's definitely a combination. I mean, it's just what Kyle said too, is the music combined with a, there's no difference as you're playing the game. Like he was saying, it's one big labyrinth. And I think it kind of pulls you out of the game because it's like, all right, you just wander over to the airport and then wander back over to another spot. And it's like you go from area to area and there's no change. Yeah, and and so once you see this labyrinth and you go inside level eight, right? Oh, wow. Like, okay, so I got to come back here when I get stronger. So Mm -hmm. now now it just opens up this other door where it's like, whoa, like now I have to get stronger because I want to get here. And it kind of like teases you in that way. And on the same plane, it also makes you want to hunt for more stuff, and it just explodes your imagination, especially as a kid. Exactly. I mean, yeah, there's definitely a few little major, major differences. I mean, and you notice, like, we're not mentioning the whole Bible-thumping aspect, and I mean, (laughs) that itself, it's forced upon there. It just doesn't feel like it's part of the game. Yeah, no, it's very, that's what I thought, too, like, totally. Yeah, I mean, like, what the heck were they, like, like, they, they, basically it shows that they just tacked on that last minute, it seems, just like with Ninja Turtles, where they tacked on extra Ninja Turtle stuff later. They tacked on quite a bit, and I think they, you know, changed it a great deal, but I think they did it all in a time constraint, and that's where it's all disjointed, too. It's not, like, engaging, and that's what's funny, what Penguin said on Nintendo Age, that when we, on our thread, like, he lost interest, too, like, halfway through, and so did you, and so did I. Yep. Mm -hmm. I didn't even make it halfway through, but, uh, Kevin, (laughs) what did, what was your experience with it? Ugh, uh, it was, it was kind of funny and entertaining at first, because you're like, oh, this is so, so silly that they did something like this, so you're trying to explore, and... Then you're answering questions with a guy's bow tie spinning really fast, making you feel like you did something good. And then you, uh, uh, the adventure aspect, I got the belt, and I'm like, oh, okay, this game won't be so bad. It's kind of fun. It's like a scavenger hunt. And then I really hit a block once I got into the slums because I just feel that once I got to that area, like the difficulty just like ramped up out of nowhere, and those dogs were slaughtering me left and right, and there was like no health ever in the dumb game, and then it just became more frustrating, and then the music started really getting to me, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just kind of was like a, a an experience that was like okay, and then you like fell down and started rolling down a hill into hell. <laughs> so literally. Yeah, I don't I don't know. It's it's very tough to go back to it. I went back to it a couple more times and I did go with the music turned off and then once again it just like I was saying earlier, okay, it was more palatable with that horrible background music and then it just got so silent. It's like, man, I think an Atari 2600 games got more going for it with those 
flashy sound effects with no music than this thing's got. So it just became too much <laughs> of a chore for me with the music and then kind of the way that it was laid out. And it's like, you know, I just can't respect the game where you're throwing pears as a weapon. <laughs> fireballs. Or Mario's fireballs. Just imagine. Just pretend. I, 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 pre- I pretended enough with this spiritual armor. I'm not pretending any farther. Hell yeah. <laughs> Uh, one interesting portion that I was thinking of is as Kevin was uh, talking about throwing the pair was yeah. is um I liked how with some of the enemies the um the demons popped out of them when you killed them yeah yeah that's that's what oh yeah I was gonna mention like geez like what do the pedestrians do like they're all bad like it's funny he was jaywalking <laughs> they were in the bar yeah. <laughs> Like, really, in the whole game, you're like a maniac that's, like, killing random people because you think they're saving their souls, you know? You're exploding them. <laughs> God wills it. God wills it. Kill that's them. Right. Kill them. <laughs> that's the source of so many wars. Exactly. <laughs> God wills it. Who's to say? <laughs> <laughs> who's to say? When, when who's to say comes out to play. Yes. <laughs> Oh, man. But, yeah, I think this is the first one that none of us beat either. <laughs> no, we definitely <laughs> None of us beat this one. That's great. It's a good way to start <laughs> the season. <laughs> I feel like it's like Game Center CX where Reno fails the first game of the season. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Let's go around and uh, do a grade for the spiritual warfare. Um, what what about you, uh, Kevin? Ugh, you know it's it's kind of a shame because I, I feel like the game had a lot of potential with considering you know color dreams and wisdom trees background of games. And I'd sit there and I think to myself, man, if they would have like you know corrected some issues with it, it could have been a whole grade almost better if done ex- uh, executed right. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm in the C minus range here. I'm going to say it's at least you know doable, considering I've played a lot of games out there that you know you got to be in the D range to where like things are broke that you can't even play it. The brokenness of this game yeah. is more aesthetics and like the annoying music, which you can turn off. So I'm not going to hold it as much against it. So 
it it's just the fun factor really isn't there for me and all that all those questions jammed down your throat so overall i'm i'm giving it the c minus awesome <laughs> what about you what about you Kyle i guess uh, i'll have to do two separate grades oh boy <laughs> oh jesus but that that's just for the un- unlicensed tier and then like as a game as a whole oh cuz you you know you can't be unfair totally because it's an unlicensed like you know game hunk of trash so like there has to be i think there has to be like two tiers because you have how bad some of those unlicensed games are but how good this one is like it actually has promise like the fact that you didn't give it an f kevin is like a huge deal <laughs> yeah so that that's the thing like a good unlicensed game will always be about a c about a c mark like i i don't think i can't think of an unlicensed game maybe besides you know Tengen, uh, some, a lot of Tengen stuff, actually. Those are different, but they actually had licensed games, too, on the NES. It was a, it was still Atari. They did a whole console before that. They were a company that, that didn't want to get a license from Nintendo. They didn't want to pay them. They weren't really an unlicensed company. They used that licensing to backward, um, engine, reverse engineer the NES lockout chip so they could get around it with their own games. So they didn't have to pay Nintendo for all the, for all the cartridge manufacturing and everything. What's interesting is there's uh, two versions of Pac-Man that are licensed and two versions of Miss Pac-Man that are licensed. And mm-hmm. then there's a version of each Pac-Man and Miss Pac-Man for just the Black Tengen cartridges. So there's, yeah. there's three of each, so that's the whole thing. Like I don't know if you have all those, Kevin. Do you have all the variants and stuff? Yeah, I went crazy with those. And they also got like RBI Baseball and Gauntlet's got... Uh you know, variants and mm-hmm. all those other yeah. ones. Yeah, I got, uh, as far as I know, Tengen-wise, I got all of them. Did you get the uh and the U- bear? Yeah, and the ones that look oh, legit, I got them in my regular collection, so. Like the Untouchables, there's two of those. Yep, and, I uh, tried to double double on those. Gunsmoke. Yeah, Gunsmoke, doesn't that have not the dot in it or something? Uh, no, it's a different cover. It's one's like a Clint Eastwood like style and influence drawing, and the other's like a oh, more okay. Cartoony. I'm trying to think of which game. Wasn't there a game where they had like the name written two different ways, or had a space in it or not? I must be thinking of something else. Yeah, there's a lot of like little variants. Yeah, but actual like picture variants, like Wayne Gretzky's hockey. Yeah, one of them has a black uniform. One of them he's in a white uniform. Yeah, I have them as yeah. far as, like, Tengen goes, but now that you're saying the sport ones, I don't have those types of variants. I probably only have, like, one of the Wayne Gretzky's, so. But, no, when it comes to, like, the Tengen ones, I know what the Pac-Mans I remember I definitely have. And then, like I said, Gauntlet and the others. But, no, when you start getting that, because don't you, can't you be really picky and be like, oh, it had the seal of quality, like, over here instead of over here, but everything else is the same? They got, like, that big of a variance sometimes? Well, there's there's a bunch, because I have, like, two bubble bobble. One has an oval seal, and one has a round seal. Yeah. And I have, mm-hmm. you know, a bunch of different ones that are five screw and three screws. Yeah, that that's another one. The Super Mario Brothers 3, they moved the bros over. Yep. Yeah. One of the... I, I have a box where the bros is covering his hand. I do, Mario's yeah. hand, and another one, they moved it so it's not covering the art. Yeah. And then there's Super Mario Brothers Duck Hunt. There's one with like a red line that's like dividing the games or whatever, and then one that doesn't have that. Yep. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of like minuscule ones, but uh, then there's a lot of bigger ones, you know, like actually. Yeah, mine's ones. more of the obvious, like the Metroid one. You got the yellow one, and then you got the normal one. Yep. Mine are like the blatant obvious ones. That's the ones that I got mostly. That was like a separate release, though. Yeah, classic series. So those are kind of different because they were like, this is a different release, you know. It's just not mm-hmm. the original. 
Yep. Um, whereas the other games are kind of, I don't know, like, what spurred them to make a different label or, you know, how that came about. Like, okay, are we not selling enough to let's change it or... I think I think with, like, the gun dot smoke, they probably were getting in some legal trouble with... Uh, yeah, with, with Eastwood. That's possible. <laughs> I mean, it might not even been legal issue. It might have been somebody at the, at you know uh, the company just saying, uh, "They we might get an illegal issue. Let's change it just in case." Yeah, I think there's like three impossible mission twos, which yeah. I, and everyone's like, "Where's impossible mission one?" Well, they were Commodore sixty four games, um, but yeah, impossible mission two was an unlicensed game and it managed to get on the NES. And I believe there's three separate cart versions there's like a black one uh, one with the white label and the one that i have it's like the classic like sachin looking one yeah it's interesting though on impossible mission 2 does it have the voice at the beginning or is that only in the first one on the commodore oh i can't remember man he goes he goes another visitor stay a while stay forever that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> it was the best part about waiting for 20 minutes for that damn game to load up <laughs> The Commodore yeah. style. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's when you really appreciate it. Yeah. After all that time waiting, you know, all that time vested in there. Well, I mean, I used to uh, do the classic with the Commodore, and that would be like play board games while I waited. Uh, we were playing the crossbows and catapults and classic games like that while we were waiting 15 minutes for the game to load. And then we, when it loads, we'd stop and go play the game for a little bit, and then it'd have to load again, so we'd go play some more. Yeah, it just gives you an incentive to do something else, right? And uh, exactly. Yeah, so uh, I would I would say as far as an unlicensed game, since it's one of the top of the heaps, got to be an A for the un- unlicensed game. But that's <laughs> not that's not the vote that we're we're just looking at a game as a whole. As a game. Yeah, I think yeah. a C. The C minus is what you gave Kevin, right? Yep. I'll give it a C because the you know I'm woed by the the programming aspect, and which is another thing that we're gonna have to go into after Jeff gives his grade. What we can do with this game is burn it. Yeah. And what Jeff has in mind for like a hack we can make. Yeah, we'll we'll go into that for sure. That's why I just have to give a solid C because the things you can do with it, pretty neat. The the, the problems to me, the music didn't pull me in and. and and it just felt like one big stage, and uh, that was the problem because you're just meandering at that point, and there's no real like goals that you feel. You're just randomly, you know, walking around, and it, the whole thing's like that. Where Zelda, you're randomly walking around, and then it like starts to take shape into yeah. this quest. And you know, the thing with Zelda too, you get to a point where like, oh, I, I can't go here. You know, as as a kid talking in the schoolyard, like, oh, I, I know how to get to that point. You have to get the stepladder, like. So that whole thing made it amazing, too. But I would say this game's awesome. For if you were a kid, and I wish I would have thought of it, you could, I could have skipped church, and I would just would have said, I'm going to play this game. and It, it, it totally would have worked. My mom would have been into that hook, line, and sinker, I'm telling you. <laughs> so uh, as far as, yeah, just a solid C, as far as the overall game is concerned. So let's see. Um, so what I'd like to do is look at it as let's start with an A and start removing stuff as we find it. So uh, with mine, I'll be like, all right, so we're at an A. Music's terrible, like really bad. <laughs> like like if Kyle plays a, a, 
a clip at the beginning of this episode, he's likely going to change it immediately and put something better on because it's that bad. And I already know he's going to do that. <laughs> it's like people are listening and they're like, yep, he did that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's already down to a B. All right, now it's at a B because we have some shitty-ass music and it ruins the immersion that you get in a video game. That's a huge part. You're not immersed in the game. Yep. Now, let's take off another... I would say two, not not two grades, but we'll go down to B minus to C plus, because it t- you don't know when you go into a dungeon. That's the thing, yeah. Like you're just randomly going into areas. You don't know if you're on the right track to fight the boss, and then you get into the boss room. Like, oh, it says boss room right there. First time I fought the first boss, I didn't even know I was fighting the first boss until, That's the problem. and then I got the first item, and I just didn't look at the little um, the names of the the levels each time because the, the names do change each time now the fact that it's in a cool setting that's cool maintain the score because it has a unique setting for you know top-down action rpg it, it definitely is really cool um for that aspect the enemies are super easy but instead of you know increasing the hit points later they decide to make them go super fast so they're like running around to the point where you have to have like twitch skills, and then as Kevin was saying, like there's no pickups and you're taking a lot of damage. So I'd knock it down to a C now for that because it it's like a a weird style of difficulty increase. I mean, there and you start you get right like move on to a screen, and then all the enemies like gang up on you real quick. So if you don't have that next screen memorized, you're gonna take a hit, and every time you take a hit. And eventually, like, you're going to lose all your hearts and have to restart it all and have to trudge through it again. And the fact that the music is pretty poor is, is another thing that's that's bad. The fact that I got lost, don't care about that. That's fine. Um, actually, it's kind of cool that I got lost and I had to hunt my way out of it. Because if I was playing this as my only game as a kid, I would have loved that. Because then, obviously, I got to, you know, hunt down and figure out where the hell I am. That's always a really cool thing. So right now I'm at a C. I would say, you know, the fact that I didn't even want to go back to it, I, I mean, I think that has to do with the whole overall aspect. I, I can't really think of any other knocks to knock it down to a C-. minus. I mean, what about you guys? Is there anything that I may have omitted that you guys knocked it down for? That I kept jamming Bible questions down your throat every two seconds? <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> fucking annoying. I mean... Yeah, I didn't even talk about the whole aspect of... I mean, the thing is, is that I don't care about the ambiance in the game. All the references, the giant church, and all that stuff, that's fine. I would say the fact that you're pulled out of the game to a- answer questions is is definitely weird. <laughs> Maybe not get down a half a point for that. And yeah. then not for the Bible portion... But the, for the fact that it just pulls you out of the game. Now there's and there's there's two little points that I wanted to make as far as that goes. Like so, there there is a sanctuary in you know Zelda three, and it's done right because they kill the because they kill the priest. <laughs> just because it's, <laughs> it's, it's it's like uh, just a sanctuary. They don't pull you out of the game, no. you know, and like stop everything and force the hand. They could have just left the giant church in the game and made that the sanctuary instead of. 
doing the little mini game in there. And that's what Zelda did, which was what did it right, you know. And it, that kind of in that game, it served as like this is a good place, and then you know Ganon's, you know, that's like the bad, like Death Mountain is the bad place kind of thing. The other thing too, mm-hmm. you you expect the religious thing going into it. So yes. you taking your hand and picking up that cartridge and putting it into your system, you know this is going to be a, like a godly game. So yeah. I can't dock it for that because, like, it's they don't lie. Like, they tell you what it is. So it's I would have to dock it if they didn't tell you what it is. Yeah, that's why I wasn't knocking it down because of the Bible content, but because it pulls you out of the top-down Zelda game to answer questions. Terrible night to have a curse. It's like it stops you when you're playing. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, same thing. Except for it would be like they stopped you to tell you, it's a terrible night to have a curse. Now answer these five questions. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Hell yeah. I mean, that's what basically it did. (laughs) And half the time I'm trying to run away from that damn angel and try to get to another screen so I don't have to answer the fucking questions. Right. <laughs> I was definitely doing that. So yeah, I would only knock it down a half for that. So I'm at a C minus. So I'll keep it at a C minus, which means two C minuses and a C make it a C minus. There you go. And as Kevin said, not quite a D because the D would have to be like generally unplayable. This game is definitely playable. It's yeah. definitely beatable, and you can't say that for most unlicensed games. I mean, that's the thing. If we if if all we were doing was taking unlicensed games, like Kyle was saying, this would definitely be the top of the shit heap. <laughs> Without a doubt. Yeah, and I was thinking other ones, um, other than most of the Tengen ones, are actually, try all those. <laughs> the other ones I would recommend, um, Baby Boomer and and Chiller are actually playable. Chiller's alright. And you don't need the gun, because you can use a controller. It has a cursor, yeah. Which is awesome. Kind of like Operation Wolf, it's one of my favorite games, so... Is Metal Fighter alright? Here's the problem with that game. It's Number one, it's really janky. It is. Clunky and janky. The other thing, they take you out of the game, and you play a bonus round, and if you win that bonus round, like, you get a power-up. So that's how you power up. So again, a, a shmup is something you don't want to fuck with the flow. Especially yeah. for me. Like, Don't take me out of the game, and then put me back in, and then all that stuff's like, flying at you again. Like, I put me in it, and full immersion, and let me go through it. So that's the problem with that game. You get your power up, and then, okay, now you're back. And then, the thing is, when you get, like, another pot, or whatever power up it is, and you go back to the, the like, the next little game, or whatever, and it takes yeah. you to an entirely different screen, and that is, like, a huge problem to me. That's not the bottom of the shit heap, though. No, 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 no. Galactic Crusader is another little, like, spacey one. Uh, one guy said that in our Tolupa in our thread said that um, Joshua and Exodus and also Spiritual Warfare were all based on the Crystal Mines engine from Color Dreams. Oh, okay. Um, and that and apparently Crystal Mines is one of the, he thinks it's one of the best Color Dreams games. Yeah, that's it's like a little puzzle game. Uh, I I have it boxed actually. I have a decent amount of them because I was picking those up when no one wanted so I them. I think they released Crystal Mines 2 on the game, or no, the Lynx, the Atari Lynx. Yeah, no, they did for sure. Yeah. yeah. You used to have it. I think you had it boxed and you probably sold it to Penguin. Yeah, I definitely sold it to Penguin <laughs> to <laughs> increase his madness. Now he has to collect it. <laughs> Another guy, Z Wario, wrote uh, King of Kings is a really good game with awesome graphics. So I don't I don't think King of Kings was a good game, oh, but that's another game with label variants, by the way. 
King of Kings. Yeah. <laughs> Caltron and Myriad. And there we go. There's another one. What other? You said Baby Boomer. That one's okay. Pest Terminator isn't bad. Pest Terminator. Yeah. I like uh, Micro Machines. Oh, well, Codemasters, a lot of those are good, too, though. Yeah, Codemasters made decent stuff. Yeah. What about Raid 2020? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that's like a drug, the war on drugs or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ultimate Stuntman. There you go. That game's not bad. No, Codemasters is like Commodore 64, like, family. Yeah. So there, a lot of those games, like Super Robin Hood, which is on uh, Quattro Adventure, the Dizzy games, those are, like, ported from Kami. Wasn't on the, I think it was the Quattro Arcade had the uh, the BMX simulator? I believe I so, yeah. I think it does. BMX simulator is a classic, classic little rare treat. Yeah, like, and the, like, Line of Space has. Yeah, they, a lot of them are Dizzy. There's a million Dizzies. Dizzies are awesome, actually. That's another one, but again, like, those Codemasters games are great. Yeah, it's like, it's like you have Tengen, you have Codemasters, and then you have the rest. <laughs> There's Color Dreams slash Wisdom Tree slash Bunch Games. There's actually five Bunch Games. Yeah. Just look it up online. But yeah, they're they're basically, they look like a Color Dreams game. They all have that shell. And you got the Hess Games. The HES from Australia. Yeah. But Crazy Creatures, what is that, like American Video? Yeah. Um, American Video Entertainment, so that's A-V-E. Yeah. Like Wally Bear and like Pyramid. And then you got the ball bath babes and Panesian games. Yeah, Panesians. Jesus, all yeah. garbage. <laughs> There's a lot of them out there, though, man. Little Red Hood. <laughs> Another good classic is the Arabian on on Caltron. The Arabian on Caltron is a pretty good game, which is also known as Aladdin Three on a lot of hacks for family. Yeah. So I mean, that one's decent, and that's definitely not Tengen or Codemaster. So no. And then, of course, you got Action 52. A lot of That's action. That's a whole beast of its own. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny. Is like You got this guy who went into the incident on Nintendo Age, the incident form, and I posted that to Kevin and Kyle last week. Just said, grab your popcorn, because all the uh, classic Nintendo Age members were ganging up on him, like making fun of the dude because he didn't like the game or something. And this guy, like... Didn't doesn't speak English using a translator, but um, here's the funny thing is is I think he's a douchebag, <laughs> and it's not because of that thread. That thread was fine. I actually went on there and kind of said, "Hey guys, you're kind of being unfair to the dude because he obviously doesn't understand what the hell we're saying." But he's been releasing a few ROMs and he's doing a hack of Cheetahman, the original Cheetahman, the prototype one. And he's doing a hack of it, fixing some stuff in the game. But he did the text in the beginning, and it is terrible. Like, he wrote it, and it's, like, really, really bad. And I told him, I was like, hey, man, I will help you, and I'll write it for you. Like, I'll write the text for you. Like, I can go into the, you know, the mod or whatever, go into the ROM. I'll hack the text for you or whatever. And, you know, and he's like, he's like, no, man, it's good. And I was like, no, dude, it reads bad. He's like, dude, if you want to hack it, go ahead. He's like, he's like, you can hack the programming for me. I'm like, dude, I don't hack games. Like, I, I write for a living. Like, I had to ch- explain to this dude. And the, he said, like, he said stuff like this. I do not see this text. Nothing scary. Text as text. For the purposes of, hyphen, even better than the original. And in general, comma, as for me, hyphen, 
who wants to take seriously, comma, he will accept. Smiley face. <laughs> That's what he wrote to me. <laughs> what country is this guy from? I have no fucking clue. He didn't write it. So, so what I wrote to him, I, was, I said this. All right, I said, in the video you posted of the hacked ROM, the introduction, a.k.a. the story of the Cheetah Men, has some really poorly written text. Here's the first line. The action game master stay at home and playing in Nintendo when suddenly. And I said, here's how it should be written. The action game master is at home playing Nintendo when suddenly. You know, something simple like that. And I, I just told him, like, somebody can miss, a, miss, everybody's misunderstanding what you're saying. And then he just wrote, no, everything will remain as it is. I have no way to make the editing a hundred times and share them. In a net.p.s, I use the translator. <laughs> like, do whatever. I just almost like, okay, man. And like, I was like, you don't have to be a turd. Like, <laughs> but like, he said, if you so smart hack pointers in the game or something, you want me to hack the game? Like, he's being like sarcastic in it. I'm like, I'm getting sn- getting snarky from like getting a bunch of snark from freaking this boring dude on Nintendo Age. It's hilarious to me. <laughs> So I tried to help him, and the guy was being a turd. So I'm like, eh, maybe he's merited getting made fun of in the incident one. There's always a reason. There's always a reason, man. It's freaking funny. But yeah, so um, speaking of hacking, talking about, like, me and Kyle were talking about maybe taking spiritual warfare, getting rid of all the Bible thumping, and, you know, hacking it into, like, maybe I can make it into, like, Black Box Challenge 2. Make it the sequel to whatever Rob decides to do and have all the video game characters invading the real world or something. And I can make the, there's 250 questions, so I can make 250 Nintendo questions. Trivia, yeah. Wow. And that would be cool. It would still pull you out of the game, so it would still have that issue with it. Like, uh, Trevor Belmont was known in Japan as... Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> Ralph. Exactly. And there's 250 questions, so you can put some obscure shit in there. And no one would ever think that's the right answer, but it is. No. That's nope. the beauty of it. Yeah. But now they'll know. <laughs> uh, you better listen great. to our cast, motherfuckers. Listen to the podcast. They get some hints all the time, right? That's right. It's like the Nintendo Powercast. Nintendo Powercast. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Nintendo Powercast. Whoa, <laughs> hell yeah. Whoa. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to go through. I've already, like, as I as I was mentioning during the review, like, I actually went through the code. Um, the All the text in the game, though, this is, this is where I think that, it, you know, that the questions were tacked on later. All the text in the game you can break out with normal hex tables, which is normal editing. Except for the questions. They don't show up anywhere in the game. But the irony is, is when you go into like a question minigame in the PPU, which is what's loaded on the Nintendo while you're playing it, it shows the questions in the normal hex. So I don't know if they like attached it in a file, like and you know, encoded it or something. I, I don't fucking know. I'm talking with some other hackers and seeing if they know. The irony is, is that there's a spiritual warfare for the Genesis... Oh, yes. Can't forget about that. Yeah, and some guy hacked that. Changed the music, changed everything. So, uh, if he knows how to do that, I already reached out to him, haven't heard back from him yet. But, um, like, if he knows how to do it, that means it's possible. So, I'm not going to, you know, cut it there. But, yeah, so, like, I'm going to probably mess around with it, hack around with it when I get some you know free time in between all the different fucking books I'm writing. 
But um, but yeah, I think it'd be a really cool thing to do is black box challenge to make it into a fireball, right? <laughs> make the one into a fire. And the and the thing that I was thinking too is like he throws a bunch of stuff. Well, maybe I could change the grapes that go, make it change it to the spread shot from like Contra. See, there we go. So we got a fireball, a spread. So it's already two reference games. Yeah, and I was writing a bunch of different ones. Um, you could almost change it if you could like like map it to where it's like a solid like line. You could change it, change into like a whip from Simon Belmont or something. If you could like get rid of the like when you do the really long ones or something. Um, they have the sword, so you already have the sword from Zelda, the Master yeah, Sword. That's good. Change the belt into the Power Glove because you're moving bricks with it. That's obvious. It's easy. Yeah. By the way, in Zelda three. What you can pick up the stones with is called the Power Glove. Yep, in the absolutely. Game. So, yeah, I just want to throw that First in. one. Second one's the Titan's Mint. Yes. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, and that was the thing, though, is I'm just thinking of other weapons that you could use that would be pretty cool, that would be easily recognizable, too. So, I mean, that'll be the other part to think about. Maybe, like, the Mega Buster from Mega Man or something. I mean, if we just thought of all that in, like, ten seconds, Jesus Christ. Ex- exactly. <laughs> and then, like, the little guy with the spinning bow tie, I could change that to look like Game Master Howard from Nintendo Power. Oh, cool. Still has the there bow tie, the red bow tie. So, and, and he's a Game Master. He always asks questions. So, that's perfect right there. I mean, that might have been who it was supposed to be to begin with. Uh, you change instead of devils coming out of people, you could have the Gibbies or whatever they are from Nintendo, from Zelda, like the ghosts from Zelda, have that pop out of guys. Guineas. Guineas, yeah. yeah Guineas. <laughs> have the Guineas pop out, but yeah, you could have that. So then there's a Zelda reference. I mean, you can have multiple <clears throat> different enemies because because instead of having like people and things, like the NPCs can be like people, like wondering what the fuck's going on. But, like, all the enemies should be, like, enemies from different Nintendo games. And not necessarily black box games. They could be pissed off that they weren't in the first game or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just That's make great. it stupid. That's um, great, though, yeah. They got, they got left out of the party like like Naughty Bear. No. It's time to get your revenge. And, and doing that at the very beginning in the story or whatever, like, that'd be an easy way to just use whoever we want. And then you just got to think about, like, the boss fights, like... I was thinking, like, the guy who throws the bombs, you could change that to where it's, like, lava falling down. It could be Bowser throwing fireballs, and you still got to, you know, hit the, use a boomerang or something to reflect it. But I don't I don't know. I, I want to avoid using, like, all the Zelda stuff. Like, I want some Zelda references, but I don't want to, like, just change the jawbone back to a boomerang or something. Is there a distinct boomerang from Power Blade? I mean, you could use that. Yeah. It's, well, it's like a blue one. I, th- I believe. Yeah. And he uses it in Power Blade 2 as well. So you could make yeah. it like the Power Blade boomerang instead. Because you have that, I mean, you got the little, like, little Nemo freaking wand. That might be decent. I don't know. You got you to gotta, you gotta definitely brainstorm it, though, to find the coolest stuff. And, I mean, all it is is replacing items for items. And if it's a hack, it's a hack. And it would just be a really cool one. Right. And, and the, the thing is, is that my one buddy um, who did the music at for the Kickstarter video, Sergio, he said he would record a soundtrack for the game. Like, a real soundtrack. <laughs> cool, we just figure out how to program it. And we'll, we'll, no, he said he knows Famitracker, so he could also program too. But nobody knows how to replace music easily in an NES game. Vectrex was saying how 
yeah, it's like every game is different in its own little way, and the music you have to like he had like reverse engineer cliffhanger, mm-hmm. and he's like that, and that was an easy one. So yeah, I mean I can do Fam Tracker too, but I just haven't messed with it and or don't have the time, you know, anymore because I'm pursuing you know different things with what we're doing. But, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, um, totally though it's it's supposedly like insanely hard for some weird reasons. I don't know. But it's it's definitely um something that is feasible and if I did I would take it to, you know, Kickstarter with a book later or something. Like once because right now you know, I'm I'm finishing up this Kickstarter, so whenever this completely finishes, I'll I'll see what my what options I have at that point. I mean this could be, you know, two, three years down the line, who knows? But I mean, all we got is time. But uh, all right, so the last thing we got to do before we take our first break, um, next homework. Yes, right. Next homework. So we were going to, we had a nice little list of games we're trying to do for season two, but uh, Kyle's been obsessing over a game, so I we might as well fucking just make that next in the queue because I've never beaten it. Thanks to Kevin, right? Wow. Thanks to fucking Kevin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Lucky you guys. <laughs> the the game that we're talking about is Super Ghouls and Ghosts on the Super Nintendo. Um, Kyle, this used to be his game. You said you used to fucking carry this shit around with you. Yeah, like, well, if I went to someone's house to play and I knew they had an SNES, I would always bring that game. Yeah. So it's kind of like just, it would like, I would go to your house and I would play it. Yep. You know, and uh, I didn't play it for like over 10 years. And then it was funny because, like, how bad I was at the very beginning. And, like, Kevin's just like, are you serious? Like, (laughs) and I was like, "I I told you, man, like, I have to learn it, like, baby steps, and then I pick up all the little nuances. Rewriting the bike, man. And then, and then all of a sudden, it's like, okay, got it. And then I can give tips on it at that point. Like, okay, so you want to go here. Don't go up here, because this is going to happen. Uh, this is what I'd recommend. Do this instead. Like, a great example of uh, Kevin with that ghost ship level. Yeah. Like, we got that shit down cold now. Because every single little part that we got stuck at was, like, a little... Um, we got a little further and a little further, and then you, like, learn how to get past that, and, uh, that sticks with you, and it, it's, that's the thing. If you, it's kind of like music, when you're learning music, like a Beethoven thing, when you look at the whole thing, it's insane. So, so basically, you got all that just from one playthrough, so now we got another two weeks to play with the game and, like, master the fuck out of it. There you go. And, yeah, as, and as far as, like, the, the music goes, if you take it segment by segment, you will master it eventually, so you just have to work your way through the game slowly and get past each level and just don't, like, give up, because it's a super satisfying platformer. What I what I love, and what do you guys think about this? The double jump, man, I love that. It's, it's a nice mechanic for a change of pace. Yeah, because that's the thing is, like, the original Ghost and Goblins was a game I had as a kid. Um, I actually got that for Christmas. I think my grandma got it from a yard sale or something. And so I beat that game twice through. So, and that doesn't have the double jump. And I know, you know, before the podcast, I fired up my arcade and, you know, I talked in a previous podcast episode how I modified and fixed my arcade to have the thousand and one or whatever the hell it is that's in there right now. Um, but it has ghouls and ghosts on it, but you can't double jump. So I think the double jump is what's going to make that 
definitely a more interesting playthrough. Um, now, of course, just like Kyle, I mean, I've played it before because Kyle used to bring it over all the time. Even when I was, you know, re like started collecting hardcore, hardcore, and I got a copy, I played it, but I never really played it past like maybe like the third level. Oh, you're in for a treat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, the thing is, though, is that I'm not bad at it. It's just I haven't played a whole lot. So I have a feeling that I'm at least going to be able to beat it once. I, I doubt I'll be able to beat it twice and get the real ending. Um, I think you will. I think you'll be able to. Yeah, you'll be all right. Once you get through the first round, then you'll almost be hell-bent to do the second one. Just definitely use the dagger in the first two levels. That's my recommendation. First two, and then you switch over to the uh, like the little bow and arrow, right? Well, there's a second part of the level three. It's like a tower, and it, it's it, you have to go up it, but it's at a slant. Yeah. And the thing is, the arrows shoot at a slant. Yeah. And if you duck with the arrows, you can shoot almost <laughs> horizontally. Kyle's already ready to record this homework episode. <laughs> like, he's going into depth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I can go forever, but uh, so I only have two small preview recommendations. Use the dagger <laughs> for the first two levels, like we said, and the, air, the arrow, the crossbows. Uh, for the rest of the levels. Okay. The other one is with that double jump, when you're dodging something and something's running toward you, jump to the left and then use the double jump and when to jump to the right. So jump to the left and when you double jump, jump to the right and you'll go over whatever's. I used that like 50 times last night. Oh, yeah. It's a great, it's a great strategy. So use that double <laughs> jump almost as an escape hatch. Um, when you have to get out of a certain situation and uh, go in different directions with it, and you'll see how helpful it is. So that's my starter training wheels recommendation. So, so your be- your beginners your beginners knowledge, <laughs> like knowledge to beginners to start. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So so it, so it's definitely about double jump manipulation to avoid projectiles, and then knowing which weapons to use. And then you'll be good. Yeah, because a lot of stuff like runs it at you. So if you jump over it um, in a certain way, and then you can you can use that double jump to get even further away from it. Nice. Yeah. Sounds good. Um. So I definitely need a a beer refill. So it's a good time to take a, a break. Cool. So yeah, we'll we'll definitely have uh, super ghouls and ghosts up in the fucking queue for the next homework and right people will get with us in one more week to hear the next episode oh yeah <laughs> nice until then till then till then thank you for listening to vgbs we appreciate everybody taking the time to get through this whole uh, arduous podcast we love it thank you thank you thank you if you want to correspond with us, you can email us at bgbspodcast at gmail.com. So we also have a phone number. It is 262264BGBS. You can leave us a voicemail, shoot us a text message, um, whatever you want to do, correspond. Also, comment on us, shoot us a message on Facebook, Twitter, Google. Leave a message on one of Kevin's videos on YouTube. We love hearing what people um, think about the podcast. All right, see you later. Woo. Take it easy, guys. Later.